You're listening to Bible Prophecy Talk on the Revelations Radio Network. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to Bible Prophecy Talk. My name is Chris. Thank you for downloading this show. I'm glad to be back here with you after a month or so of taking a, a hiatus to release another book on a different topic. I was getting close to being finished with that book more than I was with this book, so I decided to just go ahead and plow through the process of getting it released. And now I'm back to focusing primarily on this topic, which was ultimately what I wanted to do anyway. I felt like I was having to you know, write a chapter on one subject and then move to write another chapter on a different subject, and I really wanted to be able to put my whole heart into this project. So here we are. And uh, this particular episode is a subject from the new book that is something that I really should have got to earlier, and it's a really important subject. Will this false messiah claim to be Jesus or not? In the earlier uh, sections of this book, I was leaning more toward the idea that he would not claim to be Jesus, that he would, for example, claim that Jesus never uh, uh, fulfilled the prophecies of the kingdom that he said he would and therefore was the Messiah, but he was. But after doing this study, I am leaning more towards the idea that he will, in fact, claim to be Jesus, which, to be honest, makes this a lot more scary because it's a lot more uh, it would be a lot more seductive for Christians as well as for Jews and the rest of the world. Um, so at the end of the day, I'm still on the fence, though I'm leaning a lot more towards the side of the fence that the Antichrist will also claim to be Jesus as well as the Messiah to the Jews, which of course Jesus is. So, without any further delay, here is the audio from the chapter I just finished, and I will see you on the other side. Will the Antichrist claim to be Jesus? The question of whether or not the Antichrist will claim to be Jesus is more difficult than one might think. There are, however, a number of passages which might help us to come to an answer. In the Olivet Discourse, Jesus warns his followers about, quote, false Christs on a few occasions. For example, Matthew 24:24 says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Here we are warned of false Christs. I would remind the reader that the word Christ simply means Messiah. It does not necessarily refer to Jesus. So it's difficult to determine if any of these Christs will claim to be Jesus from this word alone. It could be referring to someone claiming to be the Messiah to the Jews, or it could mean that they also were claiming to be Jesus. The plural Christs is interesting here, because in another verse, in the same chapter, Jesus makes it clear that many of these false Christs will come. I take these references to many false messiahs to mean that in the end times it will be a time of great messianic expectations. Messianic fervor, and with it messianic pretenders, have always arisen when significant things happen to the Jews in history. For example, of the 25 or so false Jewish messiahs that have arisen over the centuries, most of them were piggybacking significant events in Jewish history, when expectations of deliverance or victory were very high. The end times, as I understand them, will be nothing if not a series of significant events for Israel. So the fact that many false messiahs will put their hat into the ring during this time is to be expected. I think that it's clear that although Jesus warns of multiple false Christs, he intended the reader to understand that one of these false messiahs stands alone as the main one, that is, the Antichrist. 
and that these warnings also apply to the Antichrist. I say this because of all the warnings Jesus gives in this chapter, he spends the most time describing the danger of the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Matthew twenty four fifteen, where only the Antichrist is in view. Paul explains and expands on this particular teaching of Jesus in 2 Thessalonians 2 through 11, which is one of the most detailed descriptions of the doctrine of the Antichrist in Scripture, describing in great detail this man's actions, sitting in the temple, declaring himself to be God, etc. In addition, Jesus mentions the false Christs and false prophets showing, quote, great signs and wonders to deceive, a phrase which Paul attributes to the, quote, lawless one in Second Thessalonians 2.9, which would seem to suggest that Paul saw Jesus' warnings about the false messiahs to be directly applicable to the Antichrist. So there is a solid basis to believe that these phrases about the many false Christs are also to be applied to the main and final false messiah, the Antichrist. One verse that seems to suggest that the Antichrist will claim to be Jesus is found in Matthew 24, verse 5. It says, For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. In parallel passages of this verse, like Mark 13:6, some translations render this phrase by using the words, For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, instead of, I am the Messiah. But it should be noted that the original Greek does not contain the word he, and often appears in italics because it is an addition of the translators. The Net Bible includes a footnote after the I am he phrase, which says, that is, I am the Messiah. The first part of this verse, for many will come in my name, seems to suggest that many of the false Christs will claim to be Jesus, because of the phrase, in my name. Though, the second part of the verse, which gives us an example of what they will say, I am the Christ, leaves it open to debate, in my opinion. Is Jesus saying that they will use his name specifically, or is he using the phrase, in my name, in the way that it is used in other places, to say that they will be claiming his rightful title or authority? One of the reasons I'm not too quick to say that this verse means that he will claim to be Jesus is because of the use of a similar phrase in a similar context, a verse that we have seen many times in this book. John 5.43 I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, him you will receive. Here it says that the Antichrist will come in his own name, which seems to contradict the idea that he comes in Jesus' name in Matthew 24.5. A resolution could be that in this verse, coming in someone's name is referring to coming to do that person's will, as opposed to calling himself by that name. Jesus, in the chapter where we find this verse, makes it clear that he has come to do his Father's will, John 5.19, 30, and 36, which is why he says that he has come in his Father's name. Whereas the Antichrist, who is sometimes called the willful king, is said many times to do his own will, Daniel eleven sixteen and 36, which is why Jesus says that he comes in his own name. In Matthew 24, 5, coming in Jesus' name must mean something different, however, because we know that the false messiahs are not coming to do Jesus' will, although they are said to come in his name. One of the reasons I lean toward the view that the Antichrist will in some way or another claim to be Jesus is because of Matthew twenty four twenty three through 27 which says, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if they say to you, Look, he is in the desert, do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. 
This was spoken to people who were followers of Christ and understood that there would be a second coming of Christ. After all, the question of the disciples that started this chapter was, What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? It seems to me that Jesus is warning them about false messiahs who are claiming to fulfill the second coming of Christ, which means that the people he is warning them about, who are in the desert or in the inner rooms, must also be claiming to be Jesus, if they want believers to think the second coming has occurred. Jesus tells them that these weak attempts at a second coming will not be true because his coming will be as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west. In other words, it will not be something that you will be able to easily mistake or miss. So, because Jesus seems intent on warning Christians about false messiahs claiming to be the second coming of Christ, a first coming is presupposed, and these people necessarily must be claiming to be the return of Jesus. If it is true that the Antichrist intends to deceive Christians into thinking that he is the second coming of Jesus, then the whole scenario will depend on either an ignorance of Scripture or a willingness to minimize Scripture on the part of professing Christians. I say this because the Antichrist is said to come on the scene as either a political or military leader from a place with ten kings or kingdoms. He presumably rises in the ranks and has a very earthly, though tremendously successful, earthly kingdom. It is absurd for a Bible-believing Christian to think that the second coming of Christ will be so mundane. The idea that the second coming of Christ will occur with Jesus coming on the scene by rising in the ranks of some earthly kingdom as a political or military leader, as opposed to a sudden and glorious appearance in the clouds with angels, is just not possible unless one was willing to seriously allegorize and minimize the scriptures, which state so clearly that his coming will be glorious and unmistakable. However, Jesus' warnings in this passage seem to be warning us against just such an error. He essentially tells them, don't be fooled, my coming will not be so obscure. Let's explore some of the implications and questions that arise from the view that this false Jewish Messiah will also claim to be Jesus. The first thing that comes to mind is how much more powerful this deception would be for professing Christians who would see the Antichrist, who would be claiming to be the return of Christ, miraculously conquer and subdue the Muslim world and set up a look-alike millennial kingdom. It would give new meaning to the warnings that Jesus gave to his followers about the power of the end times deception for the elect. The only thing that would prevent Christians from believing this lie, other than the Holy Spirit, would be a solid knowledge of the scriptures. Because, as we have seen, although the Antichrist will do a pretty good job of looking as if he is fulfilling the scriptures concerning the return of Christ and the setting up of the millennial kingdom, there are numerous things that he won't be able to do. For example, he almost certainly will not build the millennial temple Ezekiel describes, which is larger than the entire city of Jerusalem, nor will he make a new heavens and a new earth, and I doubt lions will lay down with lambs either. This brings me to an important point. If the Antichrist does claim to be Jesus, a point I'm honestly not sure of yet, he will be a much different Jesus, with a very different doctrine. As I have said, he must minimize the scriptures to a large degree, perhaps even forbidding the reading of the New Testament, claiming that it has been perverted, just like so many cult leaders before him. Though we can only get glimpses of the Antichrist doctrine, no matter which way you look at it, he is teaching a perverted version of the scriptures. But we can only guess as to exactly what the specifics of those teachings will be, and unfortunately it seems we must wait to see the exact nature of his false teaching. Moving on to the Jewish view of the Messiah. It is very difficult to see how a man claiming to be Jesus could be embraced by the Jewish people, who reject Jesus with such a passion currently. 
However, I'm reminded of a quote from Rabbi Glickman, who, in the book The Messiah and the Jews, 3,000 Years of Tradition, Belief, and Hope, answers the question of how they will prevent falling for another false messiah. Quote, We will know who the Messiah is, Judaism counsels, as long as we seek redemption rather than a redeemer. After all, anyone can claim to be our redeemer, and many have, but not even the most successful messianic pretenders were able to achieve redemption. It is so simple and yet so clear and true. We will recognize the Messiah, not because of the way he looks, not because of a forceful personality or esoteric origin, but because he will accomplish the messianic tasks. Glickman defines these messianic tasks as, quote, revival of the temple in Jerusalem and, quote, triumph of Israel over enemies who sought her destruction. So it may be that if the Antichrist can offer these things to them, which scripture says he will, they will be willing to accept him, even if he claims to be Jesus. We know that after the midpoint, the Antichrist claims to be above all that is called God or that is worshipped. Second Thessalonians 2.4 says, Who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Because we are told here that the Antichrist is sitting in the temple for the purpose of showing himself that he is God, it seems that he is claiming to be Yahweh, the God of the Jewish temple. If this is true, then the phrase exalts himself above all that is called God might be a way to say that he is claiming to be above all other gods of the world that are worshipped. This would be partially consistent with the Jewish expectations, only in the sense that they expect the Messiah to usher in mandatory monotheism to the world with Yahweh as the true God, though they are not expecting the Messiah to make this claim himself. Though I made the case earlier that this doctrine about the divinity of the Messiah is technically correct and would be something they could be convinced of. It would appear that his claim to be divine is a new aspect to his doctrine beginning at the midpoint. As I have said before, there seems to be a change in the Antichrist doctrine at the midpoint, but it may be that he simply was less than forthcoming about his complete doctrine before the midpoint. In any case, we must factor in that there could be two versions of his doctrine and self-identity, one for the first three and a half years and one for the second. Even though I do favor the idea that the Antichrist will claim to be Jesus in some way, even a perverted version, I don't consider any of these verses that we've studied in this chapter conclusive enough for me to be rigidly dogmatic about the point. I think that we need to be prepared to see a false messiah who blasphemes Jesus and claims he wasn't the fulfillment of the scriptures, as well as a false messiah who claims to be the return of Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you would like a free copy of the Christianity 101 DVD, which contains 8 gigabytes of audio, video, and text of various discipleship materials on a data DVD, please go to any one of my websites and look for the Christianity 101 button. It's totally free, and I'll ship it to you wherever you are in the world. If you would like to support this ministry or any of the others that I do, please consider a tax-deductible donation, which can be sent by PayPal using the email chris at chriswhiteministries.com or by clicking the PayPal button on any one of my websites. Another great way to support this ministry is by writing a review of the podcast on iTunes or writing a review of my books on Amazon. Reviews figure very prominently into the ranking algorithms of both of those websites, and the higher they rank, the more people that can be reached. Thanks for your time and for subscribing to this feed.